Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation, as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Reverend Dean and friends, I am very pleased to be with you this evening. to discuss a practical way how to face different situations in life, ups and downs are bound to be there in the life. Vicissitudes are bound to be there in the life. And those who are holding responsible posts in business, in industry, in government administration, they have to face many times very undesirable situations. How to face? and maintain equanimity. There is a very ancient technique discovered by the enlightened one, the Buddha. He was in search of the reality, reality pertaining to misery, why we become miserable and the real cause of misery and a way to come out of misery and live a life totally free from misery. He went on experiencing the truth within himself, the truth pertaining to the entire physical structure, pertaining to the entire mental structure, the interaction of the two, how the mind keeps on influencing the body and in return how the body keeps on influencing the mind and at the depth of the mind one starts generating 
some defilement or the other and makes one makes oneself miserable a great risk discovery at the apparent level it looks that i am miserable because something undesirable has has happened in my life or something desirable has not happened in my life and i feel miserable somebody has insulted me i feel miserable this is true apparent truth at the surface level yes it is true but he was not satisfied with the truth only at the surface level even deeper 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 and found out that something happens in the life and because of that we become miserable when you investigate the truth within yourself it becomes so clear that something has happened in the life and you are reacting you have generated some aversion you generated some craving and you lost the balance of your mind you become miserable this missing link was discovered unless we reach the depth of the mind where this unwholesome habit pattern keeps on generating some defilement or the other in the mind generating nothing but misery 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 he used this technique to liberate himself from all the miseries mind became pure ultra pure a pure mind full of infinite love infinite compassion he started distributing this wonderful technique to one and all he was not interested in converting people from one organized religion to another organized religion he was interested in converting people from misery to happiness from ignorance to enlightenment to bond from bondage to liberation from cruelty to compassion and not merely by giving sermons a practical way a great discovery was made by him that nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body a great discovery which is true anybody can realize it vedana samosarana sabbe dhamma all that arises in the mind starts flowing with a sensation in the body and then one starts reacting to these sensations at the apparent level one feels that i am reacting to the sensual object outside true at the surface level deep inside at the root level one is reacting to these body sensations so he gave a technique by which 
one can make the mind very sharp very subtle very sensitive and start feeling all the different sensations throughout the body every moment there is some sensation or the other on the entire physical structure every part of the body every particle of the body every atom of the body wherever there is life there is sensation one has to first develop this faculty to feel different sensations throughout the body second part of his teaching when you feel these sensations understand their nature the characteristic and one finds the nature is arising passing away arising passing away no feeling of sensations eternal it arises to pass away however gross and pleasant a sensation may be it arises seems to stay for some time but passes away arises seems to stay for some time passes away one comes across very subtle vibrations very pleasant subtle vibrations same characteristic arising passing arising passing with great rapidity high velocity same characteristic entire physical structure he discovered the entire physical structure the entire mental structure nothing but vibration vibration sabbo pajjalito loko sabbo loko pakampito pakampito mere vibration the entire universe mere vibration 26 centuries back the super scientist of spirituality discovered that without any scientific apparatus by his own experience vibration vibra- vibration of this velocity that velocity this wavelength that wavelength mere vibrations vibrations and he gave so much importance to this because this is where the root of the mind is connected this is where the mind starts reacting a pleasant sensation starts reacting with craving clinging unpleasant sensation starts reacting with aversion hatred every time one reacts with craving or clinging one reacts with aversion or hatred one loses the balance of the mind one loses the peace of the mind the harmony of the mind one is a miserable person at the apparent level it looks i am miserable because of this because of that when one goes deep inside i am responsible for my misery out of ignorance he says ignorance is the base one does not know what ignorance not because one has not read the words of buddha or not read any other scripture nothing doing at the experiential level one is ignorant as to what is happening within oneself what is happening he is totally ignorant and out of this ignorance sensations are there one keeps on reacting craving aversion craving aversion constantly constantly reacting with craving aversion craving aversion generates misery 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 this becomes a such a strong unwholesome habit pattern 
how to break that habit pattern. He found out a way. Once you start to feel sensations everywhere, and once you experience the ephemeral nature of these sensations, then you start understanding what is the purpose of reacting to the sensation, how unpleasant it may be, sooner or later bound to go away. What is the purpose of reacting to these very pleasant sensations, bound to go away? One learns how to remain equanimous, maintain the equilibrium of the mind, the equipoise of the mind, the balance of the mind. And this habit pattern of generating misery by generating impurities becomes weaker, weaker, weaker. As the mind becomes purer and purer by this practice, by nature, a pure mind is always full of love, full of compassion, full of sympathetic joy, full of equanimity. The love, pure love, pure love does not have a trace of passion, not a trace of passion or lust. Pure love is full of compassion and goodwill. This becomes a habit all the time. One feels love for everybody, all beings. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings get liberated from their misery of defilements. After experiencing the truth within oneself, one understands very well the main reason of the misery of an individual is the habit of generating defilement in the mind. One generates any defilement, a negative emotion, anger, hatred, ill will, animosity, any negativity. By the practice that he gave, one starts understanding, I am the first victim of my negativity. I am the first victim of my negativity. As soon as I generate negativity, I become so miserable. I have generated anger. The whole body starts burning, burning. Palpitation increases. Tension gets built up. Misery. Misery. The difficulty is at the surface level of the mind, one does not understand what is going on deep inside. When anger arises, the surface of the mind, the intellect, the conscious mind keeps on thinking, so and so insulted me, so and so created difficulty in getting fulfilled my desire, that's why I'm angry. And you keep on repeating that in your mind. So-and-so insulted me, so-and-so insulted me. You are giving more petrol, more fuel to this fire. The anger increases, increases. You're not coming out of it. But with this technique, one understands what I'm doing. Look, I'm harming myself. Nobody in the world 
wants to harm oneself. Everyone wants to live a peaceful life, happy life, harmonious life. But one doesn't know what I am doing. One keeps on generating nothing but misery, misery, misery by generating craving, aversion and all the different kinds of defilement which are products of these two, craving, aversion, craving, aversion. When that realization is experienced, naturally the habit pattern starts changing, starts changing. I put my hand on the burning fire, it burns. I may do this mistake once, twice, thrice. Oh no, this is fire, it burns. I should not touch fire. But one does not know deep inside there is fire. Buddha said burning charcoals are there at the depth of the mind. But layer of ashes above that which keeps us deluded. These ashes, layer of ashes, we don't know what's happening inside. So he wanted us to know, to experience, not just know at the intellectual level, not just accept at the devotional or the emotional level, at the actual level, with experience. Look, burning, look tension, look misery. And it is because of my generating a defilement. When that becomes clearer and clearer, as you don't put your hand on the burning fire, once you experience it or two times or three times, here, when you keep on experiencing, experiencing, the habit pattern automatically changes. No advice is necessary, no sermon is necessary. Definitely, naturally. Large number of prisoners, they are suffering. They are suffering because they are away from their homes. They are away from the comforts of their family. But when we go and give them, teach them this technique, we say a bigger, bigger misery is you are a prisoner of your own unwholesome habit pattern deep inside. Come out of it. Just by our saying, come out of it, nobody comes out of it. Nobody will agree. What's there? What burning? I'm quite all right. I'm perfectly all right. By this technique, as they go down, as they go down deeper, all the time, the thought in the mind of a prisoner is, when I go out, I will take revenge. I will kill that policeman who arrested me. I will kill that judge who gave this sentence to me. Revenge, revenge, negativity, negativity. One doesn't know that by generating negativity, I'm harming myself. Then one understands. Of course, we tell them, even if you want to kill, you will kill after 10 years when you're out of prison, not now. What are you doing now? You're killing yourself. Buddha's words are so clear. Pubbe hanati attanang, pacha hanati supare. You first kill the peace and harmony of yourself, and then you kill the peace and harmony of others. You can't harm anybody without first harming yourself. This is law of nature. Anybody can experience. And when one experiences, one starts coming out with this bad habit. Those very hard criminals, how soon they start coming out of their habit pattern. The officials, high officials in the prison, they say, unbelievable, such a hard criminal. How he's changed so much. Not just by sermons. Sermons are necessary, of course. 
to make them understanding, at least at the intellectual level, to give them inspiration, to give them guidance. But the real benefit that they get is by real experience. This is spirituality and it is needed by everyone, not merely the business people. I had lived a business life. When a very rich person comes to the course, I don't say him anything, but deep inside I say, a very miserable person. <laughs> True, very miserable person. I know with my own experience. When I used to be successful, I'm in misery. When I used to be not successful in my business, I'm in misery. I never got sound sleep. Every second day I must have a sleeping pill, some tranquilizer. If I'm not successful, there heartburning is going on. Look, I'm not successful. I offered this tender to the government to supply certain thing. I didn't get this order. Somebody else got it. And somebody else, my competitor, he got it then the heart burning is much more. And if I am successful, then also no sound sleep. Whole night I used to keep on thinking, this bargain, I got so much money. Next time, I will have so much. Next time, I will have so much. Whole night, planning, planning, no sleep. Successful, no sleep. Unsuccessful, no sleep. <laughs> what kind of life? And I, with my own experience, these business people, I have compassion for them. And large number of them are coming, executives are coming, and they find it is something practical. Like we do physical exercise to keep the body sound, healthy, strong. This is nothing but a mental exercise to keep the mind healthy, strong, so that we can live a happy life, peaceful life, good life, good for ourselves, good for others. Otherwise, this tendency of selfishness, I, I, I must be always one inch taller than everybody else. This madness is there. Otherwise you earn money, nothing wrong in earning money. Householder has to work hard, honestly earn money. But keep on understanding this money has come from the society. I have a responsibility to serve the society. Out of this, my profit, certain portion has to go for the benefit of the society. But again, the madness, I give donation. Having earned a lot of money, the ego is so strong. I am such a, such a rich person. Now the craving starts, I must also have a good name, good fame. People should know that I am very philanthropist. I give donations, four-figure donations, five-figure donations. You are giving donation to gain name, to gain fame. You are bargaining. Again, a businessman, just bargaining, to gain something. No, this is not humanity, this is not spirituality. There will be no peace because the tension again will be there, ego, ego, ego. But when you give with love, with compassion, all the time the feeling is, look, more and more people are getting benefited by it. More and more people should get benefited by it. Then that keeps the mind so calm, so tranquil, so peaceful. That is the real donation you are giving. Otherwise the donation is again a bargain. You give donation, and in reply to that I must get 
good name, good fame. People should say, wonderful. This rich man is very, very wonderful. Lord understood. All this understanding will come as you go deeper, deeper, deeper. What is happening deep inside? When I generate anger, one does not know that when one generates anger, one is generating so much of tension inside. So much of tension. And every tension is nothing but misery. When that ego gets deflated, deflated, tension goes away. There are many ways of coming out of tension, stress, strain. Many things are going on. Good. They give you relief from this tension, strain. But that is only on the surface level. Your body will get relaxed. Your mind will get relaxed at the surface level. Deep inside, that crookedness is there. The tension is there. The misery is there. You are not going to the source where the misery starts, where ego starts, where defilement starts, unless you rectify that. Buddha said a poisonous tree, huge poisonous tree, dangerous. You cut it off. Yes, you cut it off. Roots are still there. Another tree will sprout. More trees will sprout. You are not liberated from it. Unless you work at the depth of the mind, at the root level of the mind, where impurity starts, misery starts, where it multiplies, multiplies, and makes you a slave of your own unwholesome habit pattern. Slave of your own misery. Keep on creating misery. Very simple way. The whole path is nothing but pure spirituality. And spirituality, because large number of people are coming from different religions, and my study and my interrelation with these people of different religions, every religion worth its name has the same teaching, teaching of spirituality. Live a moral life with a disciplined mind, Pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill, tolerance. This is the teaching of every, every religion, every tradition. Quint a sense of every religion. But everyone, everyone accepts, my religion also says so. Look, my religion also says so. But you don't apply in life. Then what is the use of just developing a pride? My religion, my religion, my tradition. Every religion says the same thing, but unless it is applied in life, practiced in life, what benefit one will get? And Buddha gave a technique how to apply in life. Anyone and everyone needs it. Anyone and everyone can practice it. There is no religion in the world today whose followers are not attending Vipassana courses. No religion. And not ordinary householders the leaders of the religion, such large number of Christian priests and nuns, more than 2,000, have participated in 10-day courses and they still keep coming every year, 50, 100, 50, 100. Leaders of the Hindu religion, Buddhist religion, Muslim religion, they all come because they find. I remember the first group of Christian missionaries who came to do the course. One very elderly 
Mother Superior, at the end of the course, he says, Goenka, you are teaching Christianity in the name of Buddha. I am teaching spirituality. I am teaching Dhamma. This is the greatest common denominator of all the religions, the practical side of it. Very happy. Everyone who comes, he feels this is the teaching of our religion. This is the teaching of our religion. Because where we quarrel, where the conflict is, on the outer shell, the inner essence is the same with every religion. Outer shell differs. Different rites, different rituals, different ceremonies, different beliefs, dogmas, etc. Don't quarrel with that also. Let people be happy with their own. But give importance to the inner essence that is more. If you miss that, then you missed everything. So for business people also, coming from different religious background, when they understand this is something, a way of life, how to live peaceful life. Even if I have millions and millions or even billions, and I don't have peace of mind, what I do with this million? A rat race, relentless rat race, make money, make money, make money, that's all. For what? To make myself miserable. I have to make myself happy, peaceful. For me to live a happy life, peaceful life, and generate vibration of peace and harmony in the atmosphere around, so that everybody else also can live in peace and harmony. A big responsibility for the leaders of the society, and business people are important leaders of the society, like political leaders, like administrative officers. If they live a good life, other people will start following. So I keep on telling, and that is why a large number of business executives are coming, like government executives are coming. In India, some governments have issued notification to their officers. All high officials should go and take Vipassana course, and they are given 14 days leave with pay. Anytime you want, you go. Because they find when they go, take a course, such a big change comes in their life. They are dealing with the, with the people, and all the time they are so negative, and all the time they are so agitated themselves. There is no peace inside. How can there be peace for others? By this technique, they start experiencing peace. They are dealing with the people become more cordial, and most important thing, their capacity to work increases. A business executive or a government executive, the capacity increases. Mind becomes very tranquil, calm, quiet, transparent. Any problem, immediately you go to the depth of the problem and there's a solution. Right decision, quick decision. This is what a businessman wants. This is what any responsible person will want. A way of life. How to live peacefully and harmoniously within and how to generate nothing but peace and harmony for the atmosphere outside so that others can also live in peace and harmony. May all of you who have come here today, some of you might have taken a 10-day course. Otherwise, I invite you, spare 10 days of your life. In this tradition, a teacher is not supposed to ask any contribution, any donation. Totally prohibited. But I ask donation. And my asking of donation is, Give me ten valuable days of your invaluable life for your good, for your benefit. May all of you enjoy real peace, real harmony, 
real happiness. Your technique seems to be very simple. Does one need to attend a course? <laughs> or can we practice it by ourselves? Bargaining. <laughs> I come from the business background. When I went to my teacher the first time, I told him, Ten days. I am such a busy person. No, sir. You teach me. I am very intelligent. I'll work at home. Please, give me your technique. Nothing doing. All right, one day. All right, two days. All right, three days. Bargaining won't help. You have to give price for this technique. Ten days, very important because you are making a very surgical, deep surgical operation of the mind. To go to the depth of the mind. Environment must be such, without any disturbance you can work, and there must be a guide who can guide you to go to the depth. So spare ten days, don't bargain. <laughs> Will this technique help ascetics to live celibate life so that they don't do evil acts? When I hear anything like this, I feel very sorry because the technique is a very wonderful solution for it. When this law of nature was discovered by the enlightened one, that you are actually reacting to the sensations of the body, a solution was found. Number of Alcoholics come to the course. We want to come out of this addiction. We want to come out of this addiction. I tell them you are not addicted to alcohol. You are addicted to the sensation on the body that you get when you take alcohol. And deep inside, a craving starts for that particular sensation. You want the sensation again. So you take alcohol. You take... Apparently it looks you are addicted to alcohol. You are not. Similarly, this passion, this lust, especially for those who are leaders of different religions, having taken a vow of celibacy. I know because large number of them are coming. I had my own problems initially, but how quickly I came out of it, how quickly they come out of it. Passion arises. One has taken a vow of celibacy. Good. Every teacher, say teacher like Jesus Christ, such a saintly person, he taught us how to live with a pure heart. What pure heart? If passion is arising, lust is arising, what pure heart? We are not living pure heart. We must live with a pure heart. And especially those who have taken a vow of celibacy, how to live? Passion arises, you keep on suppressing. Passion arises, you keep on suppressing. A psychic case, you run to the psychiatrist. Or passion arises, you do something wrong at the physical level. Then a guilt feeling. All the time miserable because of that. How to come out of it? 
so easy. When passion arises, there is bound to be a sensation on the body. Passion has a reason. Just accept the fact, at this moment, there is passion in my mind. Not related to this person or that person, nothing doing. Passion as passion. Lust as lust. And now let me see what sensation. A good Vipassana meditator will start observing the sensation of that moment. And this sensation is pertaining to the lust that is a reason. And keeps on observing equanimously. Oh, this sensation is not permanent. It arises to pass away. It arises to pass away. This lust is connected to this sensation. Lust is also not permanent. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see. One comes out of it. Without suppression, without expression, easily people come out of it. I remember when I started teaching early 70s, large number of people from the West, they were the hippie cult in those days. And in that hippie cult, free sex. I was unhappy with that. But mere sermons won't do. By practicing, practicing, practicing Vipassana, I found large number of them going back home. They started living such a good life, family life. I have seen my students within five years. Some of them have come and reported me, Koinkaji, now I live so easily a celibate life. And I feel so happy with that. Both husband and wife, both are meditators. We don't say that a householder should not have sex relation. Sex relation with the partner of the life, one person only. You keep on changing, running one after the other, the passion gets on multiplied. A disciplined sex initially, and then when sex arises, observe sensation. Sex arises, observe sensation, you are coming out of it. Large number of people who have left householders' life from different religions, not merely amongst Christians. Large number of Christians are coming. The Buddhist monks are coming. Hindu sannyasis are coming. They have taken wow of celibacy. They have difficulty. They won't say openly, but they have this problem. And they come, discuss with me, just observe. First, they must train themselves to feel the sensations. And they must train themselves to remain equanimous with the sensation. Observing, observing, it becomes weaker, weaker. A wonderful solution. Such large number of people have come out of it. I think those who do not know should know that there is a way to come out of this problem. How to remain celibate. Tell us about the light. What is and what effects it has. As the mind becomes purer and purer, it starts reflecting its purity outside. And one starts seeing some light. It's a good sign. Nothing wrong. Your mind is getting concentrated. Your mind is getting purified. So with closed eyes, you see light. But this is only a milestone. A long way to go. Don't get stuck at one milestone. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. You reach a stage which keeps you pure all the time. This purity, a beginning of purity, is the sign with this light. What about Kundalini and Chakras? Does Vipassana do the same thing? Vipassana will not be Vipassana if it does the same thing. No. 
what chakras, what kundalini. They are narrow centers. And when you scan the entire body part by part, part by part, these parts are included and these narrow centers are included. You get stronger vibration there. And you feel elated, wonderful, my chakra is open now, I get this wonderful sensation. What do you gain by that? If you understand this is also impermanent, changing, changing, keep your mind equanimous, then you get benefit of it. Otherwise, you will only generate your ego. I will say, let chakra be there. Feel them equanimously with a balanced mind. Don't react. Is it ever helpful to expand the scope of mindfulness to include thoughts, emotions, etc., instead of just sensations in the body? This is what Buddha taught. This is what the truth. He says, nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation in the body. Vitak sankappa vedana samosarana. Even if thought arises in the mind, it arises with a sensation on the body. You just accept a thought. Now there is a thought in my mind. My mind has started chattering. Don't go into detail of that chattering. You won't get any, gain anything. You will start rolling in that. My mind is chattering. And if there is a chatter in the mind, there is bound to be a sensation in the body. Let me see what sensation. You accept the chattering. You accept the mind. Have so many thoughts or emotions. But give importance to the root. And the root is the sensation. Observe, observe, observe. Whatever emotion was coming, which was defiling your mind, that emotion passes away. All negative emotions automatically pass away. You are free from that. Give importance to sensations. This restriction in the practice seems to separate your teaching from other vipassana practices. Are you open to this? Not my teaching. Buddha's teaching. An enlightened one's teaching. And it's scientific teaching. I come from a very staunch conservative Hindu family, born and brought up. I had great hesitation to go for a 10-day course. This is Buddhism. This is Buddhism, not my religion. If I got converted to Buddhism, what will happen? I might go to hell. Oh, no, no, not for me, not for me. I was fortunate. Due to certain circumstances, I had to pass through this 10-day course. And when I passed through the 10-day course, I found there is no religion in it. It's a way of life. Mere spirituality. A moral life. How to live a moral life with disciplined mind and pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill. When I was hesitating and I met my teacher, he asked me one question. You are leader of the Hindu community in this country. I was born and brought up in Myanmar. In this country. Tell me, you are religion has any objection to morality? Sheila? What objection, sir? No religion will have objection towards Sheila. Why my, my religion will have? How can you practice Sheila, morality, without having mastery over the mind? Without control of the mind? I will teach you Sheila, morality, with control of the mind. We call it Samadhi. Any objection? What objection? Somebody teaches me how to control the mind. Wonderful, sir. No objection. Mere controlling the mind won't help. Controlling the mind will purify the mind at the surface level only. Deep inside the habit pattern of generating impurity is there. So I teach you the next step. We call it Panya. 
and that will take you to the depth and you will purify your mind at the depth. Any objection? What objection for purification of the mind? We teach nothing but this. Buddha taught nothing but this. Only morality, disciplined mind and pure mind. That's all. So I said, let me give a trial. When I gave a trial, I was so happy. This is applied, applied spirituality. I had heard about spirituality. I knew what spirituality is, but how to apply in life. Unless we apply it in life, spirituality is just a dream for us. It won't help. Are there Vipassana sittings of teachers in New York? Yes, ask the management and they will tell you. There are 90 centers around the world. 80 are working, others are under construction. Here also in the States there are five centers. After realization, what? <laughs> Preaching? Then how do you pay your bills? <laughs> Again a business question. <laughs> How do I pay my bills? Then I must ask people, give me money. Who can give money? Who can give money for this teaching? This is invaluable. What value tag you can put over it? You will degrade it the moment you start money for this. No money. But still you have to pay. You have to pay 10 days, valuable days of your invaluable life. That you have to pay. And don't worry how the, the courses go, because people who get benefit out of compassion for others, they start giving donation without anybody asking. They start giving donation. Like this, this wheel of Dhamma keeps on rotating. How can we deal with unfairness and injustice in the workplace and in our personal lives? If you don't oppose any injustice, that means you are supporting that injustice. Strongly oppose it. Take very strong action. But before that, use soft, soft words full of love, explain. If this person doesn't understand soft language, use hard language, nothing wrong. Hard actions, nothing wrong. But before that, examine yourself. For even few seconds, you just observe what sensation I'm having now. My mind is calm, equanimous. Then take strong action. Otherwise, you're generating aversion, hatred. You are suffering yourself. You are a sick person. How can you help another sick person? A lame person, how can you help another lame person? So come out of your sickness and then see every word that you speak will be very effective. How did the opportunity come? to teach with the prison systems. Well, a saintly person in India, when I came from Myanmar, about three years after that, a very near disciple of Mahatma Gandhi, Vinoba Bhave, when we discussed about this technique, he said, I can't believe you. There can't be a technique to purify the mind. It's all because of the grace. How can there be technique? I said, sir, I, I was born and brought up in a bhakti cult with all the devotion and all that. It helped me, I don't say, but my at the depth, my behavior pattern didn't change. But I practice this and I'm out of it. And not only me, thousands of people have come out. It works. It is scientific. 
result oriented? He said, no, I won't believe. He gave a challenge. If hard criminals in the prison get changed, then yes, I will accept the efficacy of this technique. I said, I'm a new person in your country. Arrange a course, I'll give, I'll give you the teaching in the prison. It could not happen due to some rules, regulation of the prison. But after a few years, the first course was given. Wonderful result came. And then courses after courses, courses after courses. Now it is giving wonderful results. Even in the States, courses have started. Occasionally, unbearable pain arises while sitting. I stretch my back and resume again. Unbearable pain arises in the back. Keep on relaxing yourself. When the pain arises, if you can't sit for one hour, change your posture. Try to sit. It is to develop the strength of your mind. But this does not mean that you harm yourself. A stage comes. I've seen people coming from the West. They are not accustomed to sit on the floor with cross leg. So much pain. I saw that change. Change. After a few courses, some of them come and tell me, Goen Kaji, now I've started enjoying the pain. You started enjoying the pain. How? Because even in spite of very solidified, intensified, unpleasant pain, they start feeling an undercurrent of vibration through it. Then the pain is disintegrated automatically. And this technique does it. One has to work. No magic, no miracle. Come and work. I heard with 10-day workshop, you do not get enough food. <laughs> you want more food? Small meals, 6.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. And also at 11. For some people, this might not be feasible. Diabetes, especially, yes. We take care of people who are diabetics, and if they need food, evening food is also given. But if you keep on eating so much, keep on eating, then how can you practice? You'll feel so drowsy. All the time, drowsy, lousy. How can you practice vipassana? <laughs> so whatever is necessary food, that is good enough. Don't, take, don't overtake. And this is what is taught there. I am in a band and we spread law of Dhamma through our music. Do you have any suggestion? Along with music, keep on observing your sensation. Wonderful. <laughs> you forget sensation, only role in music. It gives you happiness only at the surface of the mind. Go to the depth of the mind and enjoy real happiness. Some people who practice a sect of Buddhism are interested in Vipassana, but they worry it may interfere with their beliefs. When I hear this word Buddhism, I feel this is wrong. Buddha never taught Buddhism. Buddha never made a single person a Buddhist. We have got all his words, 15,000 pages of his words, 35,000 pages of commentaries, sub-commentaries, put in the CD-ROM with the facility of research. The word Buddhism is missing. The word Buddhist is missing. What he taught was Dhamma. Dhamma means truth, the law, the universal law of nature. And those who followed, he told them, Dhammi ko, they are following Dhamma. That's all. 
I don't know how this word started and when it started. We are making research up to 500 years after Buddha. This word was not used by the followers of Buddha and nor by the other, other communities. It started later on. How it started? Nothing wrong. You use it. But understand, Buddha taught Dhamma. And Dhamma is way of life. Dhamma is the law of nature, the universal law of nature. Understand that with experience and then you will get real benefit of Buddha's teaching. Whether you call yourself belonging to this sect or that sect makes no difference. Please tell us about the role of vipassana meditation in education in general and in transforming people in particular. It gives wonderful results. Now children courses are being given. Students are taught vipassana. There are colleges, universities, some schools where they made vipassana compulsory. In the schools, only anapana three days observing the breath, that's all. Ten minutes, good enough for the children. Their memory becomes very sharp. Their ability to understand the subject increases. And of course, character building is there from that age. They are the future citizens of the country. Give character building at that age. And then there are college students, youths, so much benefit they get by this. Because the whole technique is so scientific. No blind belief, no blind faith. Not converting from one religion to another religion. If you're Christian, Christian, remain a Christian for the whole life. You're Hindu, Hindu, a Muslim, Muslim. Be a good human being. If one is not a good human being, how can one be a good Buddhist or a good Christian or a good Muslim? Good human being. Live a good human life. Human values. So the youths are accepting it because everything is taught and they accept it is scientific. Interaction of mind and matter. How constantly interaction is taking place and because we remain ignorant and we keep on generating impurity for ourselves and misery for ourselves, it becomes clearer and clearer to them. How can the conflict in Israel between Israelis and Arabs can be solved from Dhamma point of view? All conflicts get solved. All conflicts. In the prison we have seen number of terrorists in the prison after taking a few courses totally changed. We were on the wrong path. One of the terrorists comes and tells me I killed five of people from the other religion. They will kill 500. I killed 500. They will kill 5,000. There is no end to it. This is not the proper way. This is not the proper way. How people start changing. Unfortunately, in the name of religion, so much of bloodshed is going on. So much violence is going on. There is no peace at all. But unless there is peace in the individual, how can there be peace in the society? Although it looks difficult how each individual, but there is historical proof in the reign of Emperor Ashoka, the entire country was practicing Vipassana. Large number of people practicing Vipassana. How? And there was no conflict between one sect and the other. There was no invasion from outside. So much of peace, so much of harmony. I am sure when there is darkness, light is needed. When there is so much misery, Vipassana is needed. And people will start accepting it from different communities, different religions, different beliefs. And peace is bound to come. May peace come to the entire human society. May all be happy, be peaceful, be
deliberate.